Good morning, Chicago. It's Tuesday. I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. Every year on September 11th, Illinois politicians gather in remembrance of the terror attacks to show bipartisan solidarity. And they did so again yesterday. My colleague Alex Degman has that story. A bell tolled outside a fire station in Chicago's River North neighborhood and bagpipes blared as hundreds of first responders stood at attention, honoring the nearly 3,000 lives lost 22 years ago, including some of their own. Politicians are weighing in. U.S. Senator Dick Durbin said, quote, We must never forget to honor the heroism we witnessed and all those lives lost. Republican Congresswoman Mary Miller lauded American heroism while remembering the, quote, pain we turned into strength. The anniversary of 9-11 was deemed Patriot Day in 2002. It's marked annually via proclamation from the president. That was my colleague Alex Degman. As I've been mentioning on the show, we're already seeing a surge in COVID-19 cases and public health officials are moving to action to head off another winter coronavirus surge. The Food and Drug Administration has approved an updated COVID-19 vaccine. Geraldine Luna is the Chicago Public Health Medical Director. She says the new vaccines from Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna were created to cover the latest subvariants of the virus. Dr. Luna told my colleagues at the Sun-Times that the vaccine is already here in Chicago and that public health officials are just waiting for the CDC's final recommendation before rolling it out. According to the Washington Post, the vaccines could be available by the end of the week if the CDC signs off on them today. Health officials say they're concerned about another triple-demic like last year when hospitals were overwhelmed by an early flu season, a coronavirus surge, and a significant increase in RSV cases. The CDC says people can get their flu shot and the COVID boosters at the same time, and the best time to get a flu shot is by the end of October. There's a new study out from the University of Chicago Education Lab looking at changes in punitive practices at Chicago public schools. The study found that black teens in CPS have benefited the most from a switch to restorative practices, which emphasize talking through conflicts rather than suspending or expelling students. My colleague Sarah Karp is reporting the study found suspensions decreased the most in schools that received intense training. Black boys who were suspended the most also saw improved attendance and better math test scores in those schools. Ben Fagenberg is one of the study's authors. Evidence that restorative practices have served to, you know, remedy some of that disparate impact, close that gap, is particularly important, I think, from an equity perspective. Restorative practices were implemented back in 2014 to move away from overly punitive discipline that resulted in wide racial disparities. And now for a few quick hits. So remember all that legal drama with Empire actor Jesse Smollett? Well, apparently it's still not over. An Illinois appeals court will hear oral arguments today that the panel should toss Jesse Smollett's convictions, which were staging a racist, homophobic attack against himself and then lying about it to Chicago police. If the appeal fails, the actor would have to finish a 150-day stint in jail that his trial judge ordered him to serve during his 2022 sentencing. A ruling is expected to take several weeks. And Illinois State Representative Mara Hershauer is gearing up for the upcoming veto session with a bill tackling domestic violence. And she's enlisted help from gun control advocates like One Aim Illinois. The bill would allow judges to order the removal of firearms from someone who has had an emergency restraining order filed against them. 
The bill passed out of the House chamber, but was stalled in the Senate during the last spring session. Hershauer says this time around, she plans to emphasize the connection between gun violence and domestic violence cases. And it's the fifth annual Racial Equity Week in Cook County. The county will offer in-person and virtual events. Yesterday kicked off with a virtual viewing of documentary shorts by the Queer Women of Color Media Arts Project and a panel at Provident Hospital of Cook County. The week ends with a walk guided by the forest preserves of Cook County, highlighting the queerness of nature at the Sand Ridge Nature Center. Officials created the week to promote equity and inclusion within the county. And in the weather today, mostly sunny all day with a high in the low 70s. Lows tonight going down to the mid 50s. And that's it for the rundown today. Thank you for listening. I'm Erin Allen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.